This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal Podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr, and today we are going to be discussing the greatest story ever told, a.k.a. Contagious by none other than the Osley Brothers. Now, I was trying to think all day on what I could talk about because I wanted to make sure that whenever I come on here to speak, I'm speaking on something that I am just like crazy about, absolutely crazy about, because I feel like that is more authenticity, you know, when it comes to passion behind what I'm saying. It's an honest, true opinion, whether it's, you know, passion towards a very positive side or toward a very negative side. If I strongly like or dislike something, I want to make sure that I'm speaking from a very real, genuine, and authentic place that is filled with nothing but great passion for something. And this particular song is, in my opinion, the greatest story ever told in the form of music. It's not a long song. It's like not even five minutes. But in within that time frame, within that period of time, we get the greatest back-to-back dialogues, monologues, internal thoughts, external actions, everything that has to do with the storytelling aspect of music can be wrapped up in this phenomenal-ass song from the early 2000s. And I can remember being a child and my mother being obsessed with this song. And she works like, you know, standard nine-to-five job. She'll get home about 5.30, creeping into 5.45. And every single day when I would get home from school and those music video blocks that used to play on VH1, MTV, and BET, etc. They would always play this song and she would always just miss it the second she walked through the door. And it was like perfectly timed every single day. And it's just, it's, it's, so it's nostalgic in itself. When I think about the song and you know how I was when I first heard it, where I was in my life, what was going on around me. And just now, as an adult, being able to, you know, appreciate it on a much larger scale is 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 really it's a nice feeling to know that I can go back on something that I indulged in as a child and can appreciate more now as an adult. But let's dive into these lyrics real real quick. When I say story, and and I think for a time period, uh, Ron Isley tried to mimic this kind of back and forth. He had this and then he had busted a few years later, which I'll go over that. That's a story for another day. I think he tried to maintain the storytelling aspect of his music. And he's not the first time he done. Not that I'm thinking about it. There has been other songs that he's done that has that back and forth dialogue between him and another person or multiple people, etc. And I think he does that very, very well. I think he does a really good job at telling stories, you know, in his music. And I feel like now it's not done super, super often. People don't like resort to, you know, playing out a script or playing into scenes or, you know, having internal conversations within their music. Usually when you have like a duet, they're singing together, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily to each other. This is one of those rare instances where he's singing to someone and they're responding back. It's like a conversation, but you're singing it. And I remember when me and Pretty Panda, my co-host, would get together to make music, I tried to explain to her that that's the kind 
of concept that I wanted us to have because we're really good at going back and forth anyway. But the trick is to make it a conversation. It's not just a scenario that the two of you are playing out and you're singing it from your perspectives. No, you're actually having an internal conversation, but you're just singing it. So it's kind of like a musical without the musical. You know, it's not something that is staged. You don't put it on stage to be broadcasted to the world, but it's like, this is just a regular conversation. This is a very average scenario, a very basic and fucked up scenario, but an average scenario nonetheless. Uh, Moral of the story, a man catches his wife cheating, and this is the outcome, the result of it, and it unravels very quickly. So, without further ado, let's dive into these (laughs) lyrics, shall we? So, Ron Osley, first of all, before I get to the verse, it comes in on the grooviest, grooviest guitar. I mean, the twine in the, ooh, man, the twine in the guitar when it starts is icing on the cake, cherry on Sunday. It is perfecto. It is so, God, and when you hear it, you immediately know what it is. And that's that automatic recognition that only a few songs have. In the world, like as soon as you hear it, you know exactly what it is. That's how the song starts off. That that guitar riff is just instant. It dive, it punches right into the damn. Now the song does have R. Kelly in it, and I know R. Kelly is very controversial. And I've been trying to avoid talking about him just because I am aware of the situation and the circumstance. But again, this isn't who the song is by, and it's definitely not. You know, he's not the star of the show. So if we could just exclude the fact that we are dealing with R. Kelly verses and lines and vocals and just focus on the actual story at hand. And if it helps to replace him with another artist that you favor, if that makes you feel better subconsciously, do you. But so the verse starts off. It's 2 a.m. I'm just getting in. I'm about to check my messages. No one is called, but my homies and some bill collectors. Cellular rings. Somebody wants to borrow money. I two-way her. She don't hit me back. Something is funny. So I call her mother's house and ask her, has she seen my baby? Drove my six around looking for that missing lady. Got back in, turned the TV on, and caught the news. Then I put my hand on my head because I'm so confused. That is... If we take away the fact that this is a song, if we eliminate the idea that this is being sung by an individual, you would think I just described like the internal thoughts of a man getting home. Now, better question is why the hell was he getting home at two o'clock in the morning any goddamn way? And then the video, I'm only going to you know share snippets of the video because I'm going it off of memory, not off of me recently watching it. In the music video, it's the middle of the afternoon and he's leaving to go to the airport because he very much like, he very much, you know, plasters and idolizes the fact that he's this very successful musician who's constantly touring, constantly on the road, constantly making music, constantly doing business. And, you know, he has this big, extravagant, luxurious house. He's driving in these very luxurious cars. He's got the full bridge. I know what Ron Isaac looked like, man. He looked like a fucking superhero with the mink coats and the motherfucking 
the pimp hats, but it's not a pimp hat, it's like a Sunday church hat. I don't know, but he's always dressed in like very well-fitted tailor-made suits. They're always pinstriped for some reason. He got the nice cars, he got the jewelry, the sunglasses, the the cane, you know, he's 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 big pimping. So in the video, he's leaving his house to go to the airport, and then he has to turn around because he left something there. But in the song, he's saying it's 2 a.m. and I'm just getting in. So we can argue that the 2 a.m. just getting in is him just coming back from his touring or doing work or, you know, taking care of business. Because as a musician, you're working pretty much nonstop on the clock all the time, every day. Like, you never slow down. And if you're a very successful musician and if you're very good at what you do, then that's not the most unlikely position to be in that you're coming home at 2 a.m., But for argument's sake, let's just say that he was working and he came home and he's tired, you know, ready to call it a night and he's looking for his lady, but he can't find... Now, here's another question. (laughs) And I don't mean to take away the fantasy, but why... If I came home at two o'clock in the morning, the first thing that I'm doing is going into my room to like take off my clothes, get comfortable, get in bed, go to sleep. That's not the first thing that he did. And as he was looking for his lady, he didn't once think of going into their bedroom, which is where she was. And I don't know. It's I'm not trying to ruin it. But at the same time, it's just like these are questions that I'm just like thinking of as we're speaking. But anyway, let's go into the pre-course. <laughs> oh, God dang it. The damn. This is what shit starts to hit the motherfucking fast. So on last we left, Ron Isley. He had just turned on the TV contemplating his circumstances. His lady has disappeared. She's missing. She is nowhere to be found. He's trying to contact her. She's not answering. He's trying to contact her. He can't find her. He's trying to contact her via her family. They don't know where she is either. He driving around to all of her favorite spots. She's nowhere to be found. And he's just trying to figure out what to do next. Pre-chorus. And then I turned the TV down because I thought I heard a squeaky sound. Something's going on upstairs because I know nobody else lives here. And then it got the bum, 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 like the suspicious, like the intensity is, is increasing and everything is like getting more hostile and nervous and anxiety inducing. And you're like, what's going to happen? And then he says, as I get closer to the stairwells, all I hear And then I hear my baby's voice in my ear screaming out. Dive into the chorus. This is the woman. You're contagious. Touch me, baby. Give me what you got. Then a man said, sexy lady, drive me crazy. Drive me wild. And it's just like, damn. Now, I had no idea. And I didn't put two and two together until I got a lot older. You're contagious. Touch me, baby. Give me what you've got is a great double entendre for sexy time, if you catch my drift, because it's such a clever thing to say. Give me what you got. You're so contagious. You know what I'm saying? And I and I love that. I really, really do, because it's such, it's such a profound way to express that you're, you know, intoxicating to someone, that your aroma is so strong, that your aura is so strong, that your body language is so intense that you just want everything about, you know what I'm saying? You want everything about the other person. And I just love the creativity of it all. I love how it ties together. I love how it feels 
when she's saying it, she's like, give me everything you got. And it's just, it's just, it's very, very clever. Now, here's when things, <laughs> this is when shit really starts to hit the fan. Verse two, this song is so good, man. This song is so good. Verse two, I ran downstairs, looked in the closet, looking for that, ooh, said a prayer, because only God knows what I'm going to do. What I saw was enough to drive a preacher wild. I'm in the hall contemplating, not in my own damn house. I didn't know. I didn't realize he said that. I thought he said, I'm in the hall contemplating in my own damn house. He said, not in my house. I know she's not up in my house, in my bedroom with some other, you know what I'm saying? That's what he was really saying. Who would have thought she was creeping with another man? The down low happening to me all over again. And I think, and I think, I'm on Genius right now, but I'm going to try not to click on the pre-analyzed lyrics so I can give you my own interpretation. I think that is referring to the song Down Low by R. Kelly, where R. Kelly is explaining, you know, R. Kelly is basically putting out the situation, like our relationship can stay under wraps, you know, on the DL, you don't have to tell nobody about me. I don't have to tell nobody about you. And that song starts off with, you want me, but he needs you. Yet you're telling me that everything is cool. That's how that song starts off. And the only reason why I know that is because The Weeknd redid it a couple of years ago. And y'all know how I am about The Weeknd. So that's the version that I've been listening to. It doesn't take away from the lyricism. It's all the same song, but I digress. So if I'm not mistaken... That is referring to R. Kelly's The Down Low, which coincidentally is the same nigga in the fucking music video that's sleeping with his wife currently. So, and I think one thing that I really appreciate is this consistent back and forth that R. Kelly and Ron Isley had. Because even in the busted music video, you know, R. Kelly is sleeping around with Ron Isley's girl in that video too. And... And even after, at the end of the Busted music video, I know I'm, I'm getting a little off topic, but in the Busted music video, you know, they got the end credits, like the, what happened after everything was over with, kind of like the, and it said that the girl, you know, continued doing her thing. Ron Osley moved to another city and R. Kelly moved right behind him. So it was this kind of like running joke that every girl that Ron Osley could nab R. Kelly would come in, swoop up, and steal her from him in a very ironic way. So that's kind of the connection that they all have with each other. And it's just, it's playful. So the pre-chorus repeats again, and the chorus comes following right behind. And this is the best part of the entire song. It's the, the conflict comes together. The, the parties unite, and we get that... That dialogue, that back and forth that I was explaining. Oh, and so intense because the music becomes more suspenseful and it drags and it carries and it and it builds up. And it's not in a very like over dramatic sense. It's not like a suspenseful thriller sense where it's like high anticipation, you know, quickens the speed of the song. It's not high intensity. It maintains that slow, steady, mellow pace, but the music just becomes, I want to say, eerier. It becomes deeper. It becomes darker. It becomes 
bigger. It becomes louder in a sense, but it maintains that like creeping. Because in the video, he finds his cane, which he has the cane that turns into a sword. If you unscrew it, he got it unscrewed. He's ready to go up there and fuck some shit up. He's creeping up the steps. And the music is like intensifying and getting bigger and bigger. And then he bursts into the room and he says, <laughs> oh no. He bursts into the room and says, What the hell is going on between the sheets in my home? The woman, Shantae Moore, says, Baby, wait, let me explain before you start to point your cane. He comes back in. Girl, I'm about to have a fit, R. Kelly. Oh, it's about to be some shit. How did I get into this? Should have never came home with this bitch. Now, that's rude. That's disrespectful. I don't appreciate that. Because she wasn't a bitch when she was sucking your dick 20 minutes ago. But she's a bitch now because her husband's here. And you knew what the fuck was going on before you did it. So that's fucked up. But I digress. Let's keep going. <laughs> he said... Ron Aslan said, you low down, dirty woman, back to where you come from. She says, but baby, wait. He says, but wait my ass. <laughs> he said, hit the streets, your ass is grass. R. Kelly says, now, Mr. Big, before you done, he says, wait, how you know my name, son? She says, honey, wait, I was going to tell you. And he's like, move. This cat looks real familiar. That's how you know he's old, because he said cat. And then it gets to my... <laughs> <laughs> I guess to my favorite part, Ron Osley and R. Kelly are going back and forth, talking to each other. So it's an actual conversation being had. They're speaking to one another. He says something. The other replies in response, gives a rebuttal, whatever. He says, now, don't I know you from somewhere a long time ago? R. Kelly's like, no, no, I don't think so. And he says, yeah, yeah, I feel I know you, brother, very well. And he says, nah, nah, you mistaking me for somebody else. And then the Chantel Moore comes in. Frank, he said, shut up. Can't you see two men are talking? And she's like, but. And then he's like, I thought I told your ass to get the walking. He said, I told your ass to get the walking. Now, this obviously sounds better when it's sung. But what I'm trying to do is portray the actual story being told here. The dialogue, the intensity, that rage and anger and frustration that's being pushed back and forth. When you hear it, it sounds amazing. And then my favorite line of the entire song <laughs> because it's sung so delicately and there's so much passive aggression in it. It's just perfect. He says, now I think y'all better leave this place because I'm about to catch a case. Now, when someone said catch a case back in the day, they was like, I'm finna catch a case and I'm finna you know, murder charge. I'm finna go to court. I'm finna go to jail. I'm finna get arrested. I'm gonna have to call my attorney's lawyers here in a minute because you got me fucked up. Like, and <laughs> you got me fucked up. You really got me fucked up. If you think I'm finna let this shit slide, you got another thing coming. That's what that translates to. And in the video, they're in the bedroom. The girl is like, oh no, I'm naked. And R. Kelly gets up, you know, puts on his clothes. She's like, I should have never did this shit in the first place. Ron Osley got his cane in his hand. He's walking around trying to bump up to R. Kelly. And the girl's like, stop, stop, no. Let me explain. And R. Kelly's being all smug and arrogant and shit. And he's like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And then when he says, I'm about to catch a case, he take that sword out. 
And I came looking like, what the fuck you finna do with that? And then Ron Ozzy's security team run in and, you know, get some away from R. Kelly. And then R. Kelly and the girl run up. And they still leave together. Here's my thing. If you gonna act like coming here was a huge mistake, I'm not finna leave with you. I'm finna go on by myself and do my own thing somewhere because you got me fucked up. And it's... <laughs> oh my God. This song is so good. And it's not just the fact that it's a really good song. It's a great story. It's And it's a great story being portrayed and presented as a song. It's not just... A song, but it's a story. It's not just a story, it's a song. It's the best of both worlds being combined together and turning into something that is just undeniably great. It is a great ass song. And again, he tried to emulate this and repeat this with songs like Busted. Busted is a very similar concept. Not as great as Contagious, obviously, but still very, very good in its own sense. If you could put a song like this in a genre of storytelling projects, it would still be like top five. You know what I'm saying? Just because the music is catchy, the dialogue is better. I will say that there is a lot more dialogue. And you know what? Let's just go into it. I'm going to pull up the lyrics to Busted real quick. And we're just going to do a little compare and contrast, a little this versus that. Because it's still, in itself, a great song. And it is still a very well-put-together song. But Contagious is like the head honcho, the god tier, the perfect combination of storytelling dialogue and very good music. Because even still, the music itself in Contagious, again, it's so profound and unique that... It's identifiable even by the first single note. Immediate recognition is, is determined when you hear Contagious. Busted is, it's not as unique, but it's still pretty identifiable as far as, oh, I know what that song is. But the lyrics is what really like sells me to it. So J.S., which is that, come and get a scoop of my ice cream, baby. Is that, is, is them. It's one of them two girls in that, in that duo, which they were working with Ron Isley and R. Kelly at the time. So this is kind of their way of pushing, you know, further into the spotlight. So it's a great dialogue. Initially, he comes in busted, like, I caught you. Because she walks into the house and he's sitting there on the couch waiting for him in his little silk robe and shit. She looks really, really nice, by the way. She got this nice black strapless dress. Her makeup's all done up real nice. Her hair is all done up. She looks good. She looks good. He's like, busted. It's two a damn clock in the morning. Where you been? She's like, baby, didn't you get my two-way? I was with my girlfriends. Like, <laughs> And he's like, you a lie. I called Keisha and Tanya, and they were both at home. Oh, but I didn't say, I didn't say them, though. I'm reading the lyrics. I'm not improvising at all, I promise. <laughs> she said, but I didn't say them, though. He said, well, they're the only friends I know, girl. You better wait. She's like, wait. Before you get all upset, here's the truth. He says, talk to me. She says, I was with my girl when she got some bad news. Her man cheated, had her upset and confused. He said, well, baby, what's that got to do with you coming in at 2, as in 2 a.m.? And she says, I'm telling you, she was so upset, she asked me to stay with her. He said, well, why didn't your ass just pick up the phone and call me? And she said, I was going to do that, but it slipped my mind. I'm sorry. I'm telling you the truth. And it's just like, <laughs> 
the dialogue is good. The dialogue works. The dialogue is top notch, top tier. You know what I'm saying? This is a real converse. If I'm reading it to you like this, and this is just the first verse, and that's probably as far as I'm going to go because I just want to prove a point. If I'm reading it to you like this, and I'm showing you like this is how they're talking back to back, but they're singing it again. It's contagious is more of a story. This is more of just a regular conversation. And maybe that's why it's so top tier because contagious is a story. You have a setting, you have the initial, you know, action of the main character, what's going on through his mind. We're seeing it from his perspective. You have everything that he does in response to the situation that's beginning to unravel. You have the initial conflict that sparks, and then you have the outcome of that conflict that escalates, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger, that rising action. When the climax finally hits, it's resolved, and then the story ends. This is just, I caught you sneaking in at 2 o'clock in the morning. Where in the hell have you been at? And she's trying to defend herself, but she's a bad liar. She's not good at lying, and he can see right through the bullshit because everything she's saying, not only does it not add up, it doesn't make any sense, but I saw you with the nigga outside of my house. You got out of his car. You kissed him goodnight. I got you on video. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're just full of shit. So, Busted is a good song, but it's contagious storytelling aspects that really puts it in that top tier of, this is great. Busted is just a fucked up ass conversation that goes back and forth and back and forth. Now, that's perfectly, totally fine. It's absolutely great because that back and forth is something that I also appreciate. And not too many people do that anymore either. If you're not telling a story, you're not having a dialogue, you're just making music, that's standard. Anybody can make a song successfully, is depending on the popularity of the individual or how catchy the song is, will determine the success and the outcome of it. But how many artists, musicians do you know that really have dialogues? back and forth conversations, constantly in a loop in their music. Me personally, I don't know too, too many. I can only think of maybe a handful, and that's not even their consistency. It's every so often you'll get a song like that, but it's not always. And I can appreciate that from both of those songs. It's something that I can deeply take as artistry. And I can really, really appreciate that better now as an adult than I was when I was a child. Because as a child, you just listen to whatever music your parents listen to. And that's the standard. You know what I mean? But that was Contagious by the Osley Brothers. And that was a little snippety snip of Busted by the Osley Brothers as well. But thank you again for tuning in, listening. I really, really, really do appreciate it. And until next time, I will speak with you all later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.